Hey, Sales Enabled Podcast listeners. This is Alistair Wilcock, co-host of the RevOps Podcast. We have another special episode for you coming right up. So if you like what you hear, come and subscribe and join us at the RevOps Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This week's RevOps Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcock, CSRO here at Revenue.io, and joined by my co-host, founder, all things revenue science, serial entrepreneur, and one of the best thought leaders I know in AI, Howard Brown. Howard, how are we doing today? I'm excited to be here and spend some time just talking with you. What an honor and privilege this is for me. It is. And just for our audience today, you're stuck with us, Howard and Alistair, because we wanted to actually specifically dive into the world of artificial intelligence. Howard, you've been in the world of analytics, into machine learning, into AI for, I, I, was, I don't want to date you too much, but let's just say two decades at this point. I worked with it in AI and sales at Gardner, and then here now, the behavior pieces. And look, there's a lot in the news right now. ChatGPT4 just came out. We also saw ChatGPT, one of the fastest growing things, is clickbait on everybody's podcast, everybody's website mock-ups everywhere. But I think today we just want to dive in. What, what, what is really happening in the world of AI? I'm going to start by sharing fascinating view on artificial intelligence. It right now ranks as the biggest game changer amongst publicly traded companies' boards worldwide. They're all talking about it. Yet, only 12% of organizations are integrating AI right now to drive their go-to-market motions. What are you seeing? How do we change that? Is that the right adoption rate? Great question. Look, I, I'm not surprised it's only 12%. What I think we need to step back and ask ourselves before we all just race to start using AI because our boards or our investors are mandating us to use it is what is the plan to use this new technology to improve our businesses, our business processes. Because if we just want to shove AI in, we're going to hire really expensive resources and we're going to throw technology at it. And unfortunately, we're not going to get the sorts of returns that we want. And I think we see that whether it's in the sales tech, marketing tech, we see that all over the place, right? So if we step back and say, okay, what are the processes we're trying to improve as organizations and where can we use the AI that's available today to start to see those performance gains, to start to see that return on investment, then I think we'll start to see the kind of uh, case studies, the kind of use case that actually will help with AI adoption as opposed to another false start with technology that doesn't deliver on the promise. That's what I'm concerned about, but also incredibly excited about. Look, Alistair, you spent half a decade consulting, advising enterprise CEOs and revenue leaders around different technologies. You're keenly aware of how technologies can gain a false start. What do you see? How can people do it differently from your perspective? You know, it's, it's interesting. When I think of AI, a lot of people, and I think it's been sage advice for a few years now to certainly crawl before we run. I would suggest though now, 
people are not thinking big enough about AI. And let me give a parallel. So, so bear with me, hopefully this works. Let's use the education system because we've all in some capacity gone to school. The education system has always been a compromise of scale over quality. You know, in 1088, you started the first European university. In 1810, we then had the first modern one. We saw colleges come about in 1885. You saw the GI Bill around the mid-1940s and expansion of higher in the 1960s. And, and when you track that in education... Listen, I know I'm old, but I didn't go to school back then. But personalization has been decreasing for more than 100 years in education. That's the point that's going on there. And right now you think about this, and my, my sister happens to be a principal at a, at a school and she's involved in technology strategy for an entire province. And, and you sit there and I've suggested to her, are we actually now with AI going to see the return of the master and the apprentice? But the teacher is actually no longer the master in the classroom. AI can be very masterful. GPT-4 is showing us it can be masterful at content generation. It can now beat the bar exam. It's masterful in, in its generative techniques. So now you have to sit there and really challenge the ethos of our thinking to say, it's not just about automation, a baseline application of AI. We are actually hyper accelerating the shift to masterful AI within business functions. And the person actually becomes the orchestrator, not the master. That's where I think we're at. And it, it is a major, I just, I think it's a psychological shift we have to go through in the industry. I, I could not agree more. I'm not sure you answered my question, but let me also pile on to your point. Yeah. When you think back to the early days of the internet, we watch Napster, for example, completely upend an industry. Yeah. Right? It took the music industry by storm. Everybody went from buying full CDs to being able to get as much free music as they wanted. The industry thought that was going to be it. If music's done, there's no way we can monetize this. We can't figure this out. Napster changed an entire industry. That was a tiny fraction of what's going on today. What's going on today is AI is upending every single industry. Yeah. But what we could learn from the Napster experience was at first people were like, oh my gosh, it's going to take over everything in the music industry. And it changed everything. But what happened was businesses were forced to adapt. Instead of making all of your money by selling full records with 12 tracks, they started to realize that they could license or sell a single track. Then the model changed again to a subscription-based service where all you can eat, you pay $10 a month or $7 a month. And guess what? Musicians are making more money than they ever have. So it's changed. What I suggest is AI is making the same sort of massive changes and we're in inning one. People are freaking out. We're going to use it for everything. It's And it will change everything. But what's critical for enterprise today is rather than just thinking about it as this mass disruption, think about what do we need to change about our businesses? What do we need to change about our business model? And what do we need to change about our expectations for the human beings that we have today to utilize AI 
in that way that it can be a master, right? Because we're not victim to it. In fact, we're empowered by it, but we have to start to prepare for this monumental shift very quickly yep. because it is a tool that can augment human intelligence. It is a tool that can make us far better faster. But if we're just afraid of it or we just throw it at everything and use the same people and the same tools, I'm afraid that we're not going to see the kind of innovation that we can as quickly as we can. Yeah, it's specialization in AI to me is exactly where the short-term future is. I look, I, I love the sci-fi future of you know fully general intelligence, right? Star Trek-ish style AI knows everything, all of that. Maybe, maybe, but today it's a specialized AI. And you know, Howard, we we talk to a lot of people. We we engage with countless companies. When you think in a specialized way, you can apply AI. If you try to take it too broad, you're never going to get off the ground on this. And when an average company, enterprise company today is about a 1.3 maturity on a scale of one to five on their sales and marketing stacks, you know, this is, this is game changing, but the ones that get it at their Apple moment, to your point on Napster or, or, or Apple and what they did for the ecosystem of music. It, they didn't write music, they didn't invent music, they didn't have any there, but they thought about how to change the delivery mechanism of the market and create a different financial model. How is every one of our leaders doing the same thing today with specialized AI function? How are you helping your sellers, your marketers in real time have and engage in a more specialized way than ever before so that the experience the buyer has is fundamentally different from your company versus somebody else's. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought it back to RevOps and sales, right? Because there are immense opportunities that exist. ChatGPT has shown us that you can take a basic conversation and summarize that into very, very succinct notes so that a sales rep knows exactly what to do next. You can take these large language models and literally create workflow and tasks out of them. We take those conversations and literally help reps in real time know how to better engage with those people that they're on the phone with or in web meetings. That is the application of AI today. And we're not talking about ripping and replacing tons of different systems. We are literally talking about applying this technology in a matter of days and making a difference. That is incredible. And if I'm a RevOps leader today, thinking about how do I move the needle? We know this economy is in trouble. We know that there are forces that are causing us to have to unfortunately do rifts and layoffs. How do I empower my people to perform better? I'd love your thoughts on that. I, I think it's very much what you've been saying, Howard. It, it's the focus of specialization that's going to drive the near-term impact. At the risk of getting really tactically in the weeds, but we'll use the GPT-4 as an example. A conversation is a really powerful thing when done correctly between a seller and a buyer. We all know that. Most are pretty average. Coming off of that, so imagine now you've generative AI to support the person. You have real-time support in real time, like what we do, all of those things. That's great. Well, check the box. We love that. But then also think about all of the post activity, the post things that happen. If you have a conversation, immediacy and accuracy of follow-up 
using intelligent summarization. Like that, that's a thing you can do now. You can immediately apply. And that helps a buyer because they're like, oh, that was a great conversation I just had with Howard. There are the key things I need to now go do. That's what I have to do to help support this initiative in my organization. Because most deals of people and things fall apart. We have a great conversation, but it's like the kids gave a telephone. Mm -hmm. By the time that conversation is translated through 10 different people, it's a completely different conversation. Intelligent summarization using generative AI off a recorded conversation solves that problem. That's a tactical thing people could do and, and move on. And that's a great use case. It's an example of very specialized AI that will move the needle for people. And is that kind of thinking that is going to be right here in, in months? Like we're not talking years here. This is all happening in front of our eyes. We're building it. Others, you know, this is where it's going. But what I will say, and you know this because we've been playing with this for a long time, whether it was ChatGPT 3 or 3.5 or 4 now, it's not perfect. No. It's not perfect. But you talk about a follow-up. What is hardest for most sales reps today is just getting started. Give me a summarization and drop that into my email box. And all I have to do is make a couple tweaks. Yeah. That gets most people over the I'm stuck. I don't know how to write this first letter. I have to listen to a recording or I have to look at my notes. Those days are gone. So what we're actually doing is we're taking the hardest, the drafting of that initial email and just making it so that a human being now can edit it, can make some fine tweaks and then send it off quickly. Because look, I'm, I don't believe that the generative AI right now is going to understand all the concepts, all of the nuance of relationships. It's starting to understand some stuff, but the emotional connection, the emotional piece of it, that's so critical in rapport building and relationship building, but that's what we're great at. So use generative AI to give me that summary. And then I can spend rather than 10 minutes writing an email or an hour, depending on how difficult it is for our sales rep, spend two minutes, a minute, just editing it and getting it out. It is game changing to reps to have this sort of technology. It also is game changing to every content marketer in the world. Today, if you are not using this technology to generate white papers, content, ad campaigns, emails, if you are not using it for that purpose, where you can identify your ICP put it in whatever tone you want, give it the prompts it needs to target the persona that you're looking for, then you are missing the mark and you are going to be left behind as a marketer right now today. Yeah. Get on it, start plugging away. Yes, it will need some of your fine touches. Learn how to give it the right prompt, how to teach the model to do what you want. But I'm telling you, marketers, if you are not listening today, how to use generative AI to generate content. We're not saying it's going to get rid of everything. You have to use it. You have to tweak it. Get on it now because you will be left behind. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that, that is an immediate shift for people in the space, right? And you hit on such a human point there, Howard. Most people struggle to write original content. Yes. Most people struggle on the initial creation of something. That's why when you find somebody that's very good at it, you know, you, you, we glob onto them. Okay. It's why 
you know, uh, writes an award-winning book we hold in high esteem because the thought leadership, the content is provocative, is innovative, it's there. What generative does today immediately fast tracks the process. A lot of people are actually pretty good at beating stuff up and editing all of that once you give them something. This this solves that problem, right? You're immediately getting there. I'm not saying this is going to get you your Nobel Prize in literature, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's maybe not that. But you're going to immediately move ahead in terms of unique personalization. And frankly, you'll get rid of a lot of jargon. You can You can say... Don't use jargon-based language. Mm -hmm. Don't use wiggle words. Like there, there's things you can force it into the editing where you don't even have to think about that stuff. And and Howard, yeah, I'm I'm just doubling down on what you're saying, but I will say this: I think for an enterprise company today, they've traditionally thought of AI, in particular generative, in a solutions per mode kind of model. Mm. Okay, so we think of it and go, well, we have conversations. We have email, we have search things, we have speech things, we have language generation type stuff, all of which are different sources of information. We have CRM systems feeding us information and you know, the marketing tools to send us third-party data that we can model into things. But what generative AI does and what AI can now do today, you can take the combination of those data sets and build it into what we call a multi-model language solution or really a platform-based solution that's going to help drive a better engagement. Fancy language to say, as an enterprise, you need a strategy today on how to link together all the individual solution data sets into a master set and drive insight and generative content and engagement off of that in real time. What I get really excited about as it relates to these multiple models and using data across the enterprise is because today we have so much of the engagement data, which truly is the relationship building data. What changes behavior? What changes people's sentiment in conversations? Because we have so much of truly the psychology behind how people connect and build relationships, our ability now to take that data ingest it, co-mingle it with these models to really help and study the art and science of relationship building, the art and science of communication. Because what we know is that every sale, every work conversation or relationship, every customer success engagement is really about a relationship. It's really about building trust and value. And now our ability to ingest all of that behavioral data, all of that sentiment data, all of the behavioral changes with these generative models to actually come up with a way to analyze what is working and then feed that into the model to change behaviors that will build relationships and trust. That is what every business needs today. They need a better way to connect their frontline people to their customers. I don't care if it's on a web chat, in a conversation, through an email, an SMS, or on a phone call. We have to better connect and our day has come where we can study this behavior, we can drop it in the model, and we can make recommendations based on this science. I could not be more excited. I'm going to paraphrase it into a simple thing. 
we move from thinking of AI as systems to help to today, AI with humans in the loop. <laughs> you know, this is now the two working together to deliver better outcome. And it is now here. Yeah. This is not us streaming anymore. We're here. You've been studying the behavior pieces for better part of a decade. We've been building pieces towards this. The generative pieces are there that is creating the market hype and understanding around what is possible. But look, if you aren't thinking about how to put AI with the human in the loop right now today, all you're doing is building a non-personalized, scaled-out education system that ultimately is going to produce some pretty low SAT scores. Hmm. So, you know, I just hope that people really embrace this. And Howard, I, I, I'm going to leave you with a final thought and, and question here. For all of the buzz on generative AI and all of what is going on right now that we have just quickly gone through here, ask yourself this question, which you can now do, given the opportunity, what would you ask Albert Einstein? That's a great question. And, and the beauty is I've asked Albert Einstein via chat GPT-3 a lot of questions. And what's fascinating is not only can I get an answer from a large data set of how Albert Einstein thought and the questions and answers that he did, but I can get it in the form of a lot of other authors and other thought leaders and other scientists and other doctors. That's the beauty. So you no longer have to imagine a world as if you're asking a question of Albert Einstein. You could literally run it, which is so exciting. The, the possibilities are endless. Keep asking questions, ask questions of the data, make corrections, add that human element. If I'm in RevOps today, if I'm in sales today, if I'm in data today, if I'm in business today, I am so excited about the possibilities of where this can go very quickly. You can't boil the ocean all at once. Let's point this at those areas of the business where you need to make the most dramatic change as quickly as possible. Usually that's how do we help our human beings be more productive, better connected with our customers, but go, just get started. It's exciting. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Howard and I today on this special edition of a deep dive into artificial intelligence. We are excited about this area and please do not forget to like, subscribe, send in your dialing questions as well. You can reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. We will see you next week, either with us talking or maybe a future state of our digital selves. <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks, Alistair.